That was the sound of a mechanical keyboard. One of those clicky-clacky keyboards that the annoying guy in your office uses. I've been using a mechanical keyboard for about a week or so, and that brought up a new question. We all have our real lives in the outside world, but we also have these online presences, which I'll consider virtual lives. So I was interested in how the computer interfaces we use every day separate or connect those two aspects of our modern identity. Personally, I know that from using the mechanical keyboard, I felt more distant from my virtual life, as my computer feels more like a mechanical portal rather than a seamless internet device. So I set out to investigate how user interfaces affect the average internet user. Welcome to Future Talk Episode 3, where we will be investigating how user interfaces affect their actual users. When I set out on my investigation, I didn't really know who to talk to or what questions to ask. So I decided to just start with the average internet user. Someone who doesn't really think about technology too much, but who has a technology ingrained deeply in their life. When I started the interview, I was asking questions about how much this person thought about the user interfaces which they came into contact with daily. But to my surprise, they really didn't think about it. They were just using the interfaces, and that was that. Interview after interview, I got the same response. But I think that this sound clip really shows the general sentiment of the average internet user. Yeah. So how do you split up your relationship between your online life and your real life? I don't know if I really split it up, but I try to be more perfect online. You may hear me off mic asking her how she splits up her relationship with her online life and her real life. And I got to that question because she didn't really have an answer to the first question, to the question that I'm investigating, how user interfaces affect her experience. After I conducted these interviews, I realized that my whole grand plan of talking to average internet users wasn't really going to work out. They simply had just never thought of how user interfaces affected their lives before. After conducting those initial interviews, I decided that I needed to change my interview plan. I had to find people who really were thinking about user interfaces and who were thinking about the way they interact with their devices. I was then interested in whether I just pay attention to these user interface aspects because I'm interested in tech and a little bit in philosophy, or if I just had to seek out the right people to ask. Then I ran across Dave, a user interface designer and student. He seemed to eat my questions right up and he talked for about 25 minutes longer than I had anticipated him to, but he gave me some really great answers, which helped me greatly in forming the conclusion that you'll hear at the end of this podcast. In order to give you a better idea of just what insights I gathered from Dave's interview, I'm just going to play a couple minutes of his tape and then comment on it afterwards. This is Dave on what an interface means to him. Uh, for me, an interface kind of comes down to a few different things. And what I want out of an interface is different depending on what I'm doing. Um, if I'm cr creating something, um, I want the interface to be as natural as possible. Uh, I love working on iPads and um, you know anything with a touchscreen for things that are more immediate. Um, do, do you find that when you're using a touchscreen, real life and the virtual world are blended together more? Definitely. 
Dave went on to say that this meshing of real life and virtual life through the medium of a touchscreen had a couple of different ramifications. One, it did make computing more fluid, more natural, more intuitive. But on the other hand, because computing felt so natural, people seemed to leave their filters behind. They seemed to not understand that this virtual life is a completely public life and that their real life is private where they can have private thoughts. He cited the number of people who seem to lose their filter as soon as they go on Twitter on their phone or a tablet, and he appropriated that loss of a filter to the intuitiveness, the intimacy of a touchscreen. As the interview continued, Dave started to stray away from the main idea, and through trying to bring him back to the main topic, he led me to a realization that I had never thought about before. Take a listen. We can see it back just to the barrier thing. So. You have like the touchscreen, everything is more molded together, real life, and then the virtual life. And then you also have something like the root of this was all like, oh, I'm using a mechanical keyboard. This feels like it, it, it feels like the computer is almost this kind of like machine that I'm very distant from. This is kind of like my kind of portal to interact with the virtual world. So using that kind of interface made it feel much more like this portal, and I felt really separated from the virtual life and real life. But even like using a different type of keyboard, like you feel like which is a very similar interface, but it's slightly different. You feel more ingrained, like it's easier to get in because there's less of like the kind of like machine clicky thing. So, do you feel like certain interfaces, which we kind of already touched on, do you feel like certain interfaces build the barrier more? And do you like those for building building a barrier, or you try, do you try to stay away from the barrier of building interfaces? You know, I think it's very interesting the how you're kind of drawn to say barrier. Um, and I don't think it's so much a barrier as it is an ingrained habit. Um, I have a desktop computer at home that I get a lot of technology-related work done on. Um, it's also a gaming computer for me. Um, and when I sit down uh, on that machine, I find myself, you know, it's not quite a mechanical keyboard, but it, you know, desktop keyboard, desktop mouse, screen that's pretty far away, a big screen that's pretty far away. Um, I feel like, uh, there is a barrier there, but it's something that, uh, my, my, my thought patterns and my, my, I don't want to say my habits because it's kind of in a subconscious way. I'm kind of in a get stuff done mode when I sit down at that computer. This idea of using interfaces to separate work and play was something that I had never really thought about. And maybe this was why all my previous interviewees didn't see this dichotomy. They were all using the same devices for work and play because they weren't people interested in technology or involved in the creation of new technology like Dave was. We went on to talk a bit more about his experience with different interfaces for different jobs and we came to this conclusion together. Using different interfaces are like being in different spaces. I'm sure you all have one space where you're very productive, one space where you are very relaxed, one space where you're creative and social. User interfaces work in the same way. You have your desktops for your productivity, you have your tablets for your creativity, and you have your, your small screen cell phones for your social life. All these connections were starting to make a lot of sense and I felt like I was getting very close to coming up with a concrete answer to my initial question. At this point in my investigation, I felt like it was time to talk about the future. Listen to what Dave has to say. Anyone that would be exposed to this at all has used 
there could be a toddler who's watching this on an iPad in a restaurant. Cause I see people doing that now. So maybe you're wrong. True. Probably right and and I think and I think that's really interesting to to think about the future of, um, you know, we are the age of digital natives. We've had technology around our whole not uh, the internet around for our whole lives. But now I think we're seeing a generation of touchscreen natives. Mm-hmm. I mean, our kids may never use a computer mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for our time, at least, um, because it was designed to be a business tool um, and to be good at doing things like editing documents, opening files, mm-hmm. moving files. In saying that, you're yeah. saying so you may think the next generation of internet users aren't really going to be using mice. And going back to something we said earlier, touchscreens are more conducive for creativity. So mm-hmm. unless you have the stylus involved, it almost seems like you're going to have reduced productivity if you're not having the, that kind of desktop formal setup. But I, I, I guess to you, that was a lot of I think... how you imposed your... Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, I, I, I just think like right, it could be right now that we're just imposing a desktop interface as do work and touchscreen as do play. But maybe in the future, we'll have to find a way. Maybe it'll be like stylus, do work, or plug in the keyboard, do work, take off the keyboard, do play. Right, and I think that'll all evolve as technology evolves. But if you kind of look um, to our parents or, or our grandparents even, people that learned how to use computers, if they did, um, they would tell you that as they first adapted towards using computers, especially early computers, they were less productive than if they had used um, a typewriter or had handwritten papers. The point he makes about the future is a really good one. In every single generation, different interfaces mean different things. To us, the desktop means productivity, but to the next generation, the tablet may, may mean productivity. And if you compound that knowledge with what I gained from my previous interviews, it almost seems like no matter what an interface actually means to a generation of people, most of the users actually really won't be thinking about what the user interface is. They'll just be using it, which is very similar to how we use spaces. We don't often think about how as a generation we deem libraries or coffee shops as productive places. We just do it. So throughout this whole entire interview, I realized how similar our real life productivity and our virtual productivity are. I had gathered almost everything that I wanted from Dave, except for one thing. I wanted to hear his opinion on the generalized answer I had gotten from everyone else I had interviewed. So I decided to show him the clip and record his response. So just to get back to the first question, I'm going to pause it. I'll play you the clip. Well, like I recorded Katie saying it, but it's what everyone else I asked said. I asked you because I wanted a more technological view. So I'll play you the clip and I'll ask you one question. I think we have like 20 minutes of tape. So Yeah, good. sure. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So how do you split up your relationship between your online life and your real life? I don't know if I really split it up, but I try to be more perfect online. For me, um, hearing a few of the other responses, I think my response is a little different um, because I kind of understand a little bit of the psychology and a little bit of the technology behind it. But I think it holds true for everyone. At the end of Dave's interview, I asked one final question, which I think that really only he could answer out of all my interviewees, at least. I asked which one was better, as in an interface which made the user feel ingrained in the technology, where real life and virtual life get blended more, or an interface where the user feels distant and understands the separation. User interface. 
is it a good thing when they kind of serve as a reminder barrier? I know you didn't like the word barrier, but like a reminder that this one side of this is virtual, one side of this is real, or do you appreciate more when they are able to merge real life into technology? I, I don't mean like, hey, this is like this useful thing, like a smartwatch, and like this is gonna use this is a use of technology that's non-invasive. I mean, like when you're talk when you're using a computer, would you like an interface that separates you and reminds you that half of it's virtual, then you can step back and be in real life, or do you like when you're seamlessly integrated? Um, I think it's really a multifaceted question. And that was a great answer. Because this whole entire concept is multifaceted. That's why different interfaces stimulate different behaviors and different people think about interfaces to different extents. After conducting all this research, I came to a conclusion which I didn't think was possible when I started this project. I discovered that user interfaces aren't the barriers or connectors between humans and technology. They're the most important part of the technology. That's why a desktop computer feels like a productive workspace and a tablet feels like, like a creative one. Even for those people who aren't actively thinking about the user interface that they're using, they are making unconscious choices about which to use when they want to do different things. Most people don't go to their cell phone to write an essay. They go to their computer, either their laptop or desktop. What I'm ultimately trying to get at here is that you can talk a lot about user interfaces, but in the end, none of it really matters. It's all up to the user. And unless I was to interview every single internet user in the world, there's no conclusion that any of us can come up to.